Hello and welcome to the Investors Chronicle Companies and Market Show. I am John Human, editor of the Investors Chronicle, joined today by Megan Boxall. How are you, Megan? Very well, thanks, John. How are you? Yeah, wonderful. And Algie Hall. How are you doing, Algie? Very good, thanks, John. Excellent. Hey, you got a bit of a cold? Yeah, it's seasonal. It's, you know, Christmas jubilations and all that. Yeah, don't worry. It's me last week. Uh, I think I've uh, polluted half the office, but there you go. Right, so uh, we are getting close to Christmas. We've got uh, this issue, one more to go before we have our little Christmas break. The double issue, which we've all been working very hard to put together, uh, except you, Megan, because you've been working very hard on the feature this week. I have, and that's not to say I haven't been working hard on the no, Christmas feature No, I know, I well. know, I know. It's just been giving you a bit of extra time to do <laughs> okay. it. But, uh, yeah, I have. And uh, yeah, you're writing about uh, crash-proofing your portfolio. Yes, I have. That is not to say that a crash is on the way. No, but I mean, the more I've researched this, the more I'm thinking, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. That's like saying, you know, it's like death and taxes, isn't it? Yeah, really? there's, there's, well, I mean, it is going to happen at some point. Markets aren't going to keep growing forever, but this is all about it's happening in early 2018. Well, I don't know whether we should keep our fingers crossed that that's not going to happen <laughs> or just keep our fingers crossed that the market's going to keep ramping well, ever depe- higher. It depends how you're positioned, I suppose. I suppose if you've it- got a lot of cash, you're probably, um, you maybe you're sick of waiting for it to happen because mm. <laughs> it's... Um, I mean, it's, it's it's not a news story, is it? But I mean, no. as um, as you make clear in the feature, Megan, there's lots of indicators suggesting that investors should be on guard. Yeah. Indeed, Neil Woodford is one of the people saying that. Uh, you know, as he said uh, to our former colleague Kate Beatley in uh, an interview with the FT last week, an interview that we've been trying to get for years, <laughs> years. Lots of red lights flashing everywhere, more than it is ever seen. Anyway, we'll come on to the uh, crash-proof portfolio. Uh, Algie, you're going to be talking to us about your stock screen this week, yeah. which I thought was particularly interesting uh, because it's looking at sectors that, that, that apparently offer value right now. Yes, it's trying to, it's trying to find um, well, a mix between value and momentum, long-term value, short-term momentum, see what it throws up. And it's, um, it, I, I think it is quite interesting, the results I, from it. I think the two things go hand in hand, actually. Well, they, yeah, I think the screen is telling a few of the same stories. I, I think so, and it's kind of what I've tackled in my editorial this week. Let's yeah. come on to that. Let's quickly go through some of the, the kind of news and results before we get on to the, uh, to the big stuff. Yeah. Uh, Megan, you've been busy this week uh, writing news too. I have. I have been covering the news in Emma's absence. Where should we start? Should we start with CVS, which had a horror? Yeah, And there's been a few horrors this week, actually. Yeah, but we were just, me and Andrew were just saying that there isn't an awful lot of good news this week. Because often there's quite a lot of bad news. But in the case of CVS, I, the share price reaction is just crazy. And it is... As the title says, the price you pay for enormously high expectations. Let's tell us what CVS does. Uh, CVS is a veterinary company, so it owns. It's the biggest veterinary owner in the UK. It literally owns practices, and it grows through acquisition. It just buys up loads and loads of these surgeries for small animals, companion animals, horses, farm animals. And yeah, it does it very, very well. But people and expect- people love this story. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. this 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 was a classic growth story. Everyone was mm. buying into, looking through the acquisitive leg growth. There was some organic growth there too. One, yeah. one presumes. Uh, yeah, a little bit. So there has like historically, it's always been around the five percent mark. Last year, it went up to six point three percent. So it was a great year. This so that was the twenty sixteen financial year. 2017 financial year, it's dropped to 4.3 and investors have just completely panicked. So they're panicking about the organic growth. Mm, Because the organic growth is, well, it's not great and it's not nearly as good as it was last year. What's the rating on the shares, incidentally? Well, it's now 17, but it was about 35. So that's quite pricey. So as you say, a lot of expectation baked into that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that is a potential red flag is the fact that they're saying that there are fewer vets 
lurking around who actually want to come and work in a practice in a practice like CVS. Um, when, so you, they, when you say vets, you mean qualified people, as in people who literally want to perform veterinary surgery on animals. Like that, there are just less vets in the UK than there used to be. The reason for that, I have no idea, but it's becoming a bit of a problem. So what they they what they've decided to do is they're going to pay their staff a bit more. But people, I assume, are a bit worried about what that's going to do to the margins. But CVS has also said that they're just going to hike prices. I mean, people aren't going to stop paying for their animals to be cared for. So, I was going to say, we haven't stopped loving it. We're, we're Britain. Oh, I know. We yeah. love our animals. Yeah, and the, that trend is still growing enormously. It's growing faster than ever. Um, people are willing to spend whatever the, whatever it takes to, to keep their animals alive. You had a crazy story about your hamster, didn't you? <laughs> my daughter's hamster excuse, excuse me for the name cackling here uh, your hamster How, I didn't even know you had a hamster well my, my, my daughter's <laughs> had several hamsters they don't last for long but um, when they um, when, when they get ill you do have to um, go to the vet and um, get them their tiny tiny amounts of antibiotics which then you have to literally give to them through a thread. So please tell, <laughs> tell me what is the average cost of a, 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 a trip to the vet? I, you, know, you know, I can't, I can't remember. But I, I, think, I think it's about, you know, you know, it's about 50 quid or something you end up. How much is a hamster? Through. Hamster? Well, a, a small fiber? multiple of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm having evil yeah. now. <laughs> evil cackling here. The trend of investing money, spending money on your pets, it's not going to go away. So I think they're going to be able to raise the prices, and hopefully that will sort out the fact that they they need to spend a bit more money on their staff. But presumably this is nerv- nervousness as to whether they can actually raise their prices. Yeah. People won't yeah, start just not having pets, or but we do know, you know, they, they, we, we always see the ads. Given mm. Christmas is coming, you know, yeah. puppies not, you know, not just for Christmas, it's for life. People do get this kind of, you know, rose tinted view of owning a pet, and mm. it is actually a bit more difficult, more expensive. I mean, yeah, it is quite expensive. You, you know, yeah. It's very expensive. Yeah. So maybe... as as can be owning a very highly rated stock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Algie. Uh, that wonderful uh, link to the the uh, the cover feature. Uh, Megan, you, you might as well also carry on with uh, your tip updates this week because there was some yeah. good. There was some. You said there was oh, no yeah. good news. There is there some, is good, some news, good news, and, it, and it's yes, you again. The tip updates have done. We were all right. So we had Sarcassia this week, which was very exciting. Poor Sarcassia has had this had some tough times when its drug trial failed this time last year. Now it's teamed up with AstraZeneca, and they've got this drug. It's actually quite an old respiratory drug. But AstraZeneca hasn't really cared for it very well. And it's the market share and the revenue it earns from the drug has just been falling a huge amount. So what Sarcassia and AstraZeneca have now decided to do is retrial that drug and get some more data, which they can then put on the label and say, look, our drug does this. And the data they've got from the drug is fantastic. There is only one other drug in the market that has performed this well in a trial. And that drug makes $3 billion a year, um, which... In the, the case of Sarcassia, that's a huge amount of money. Explain to me the link between Sarcassia and, and Astra, how, how this has come together and why this is beneficial for Sarcassia. So the deal is it's a partnership. So there, there were two drugs that AstraZeneca had. One was in the late stage of development and this one that they've currently had results on was one that they wasn't doing very well. That drug is... It's called Tudorza. Yeah. Um, I was leaving you to pronounce that. Dying <laughs> yeah. <on the> <laughs> um, <laughs> like all drug names. Yeah, it's, it's, they always have stupid names. But anyway, so the partnership was um, AstraZeneca got a whole load of shares in Sarcassia and it gave Sarcassia access to the US rights to 
Tudorza and another respiratory drug that the other drug in the partnership there Circassia and AstraZeneca will both pay a little bit more money towards the final stages of development and then Circassia I think has the global rights to it so it's going to be making the money making the money on it and AstraZeneca gets shares in Circassia in exchange so for Circassia it's massive because these are two huge drugs which have come from one of the world's biggest pharmaceutical companies and Circassia has now got, got access to them in the world's biggest pharmaceutical market okay th- so, so this is interesting in respect of the tip itself, which has been a good one mm. so far, you only tipped it in October, it's up 25%. Yes. Fantastic, right. good work. You might even get to wear the pants for power this Christmas. <laughs> oh, I don't uh, think so. I think, <laughs> uh, I think as you will see from the feature, another nice link there, there have been some that are up a lot more than yeah. that. Are they not yours then? Not. Oh, well, never mind. Mm. Um <laughs> Is this is this kind of uh, is this sort of deal something we can expect more of in the pharma space? From AstraZeneca, it's done so many. It's ridiculous how many it's done because it needs the cash. It needs like in the case of Scassi, didn't get cash, but most of the these kind of deals it does. It literally just sells its drugs, takes cash, and that's helped to pop up the dividend in the last year, year and a half when it's been struggling. Has it had um, success like this with with some of these other partnerships? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. They, they've all they've generally been very successful. Another big one is AstraZeneca and Merck, which was our international tip of the year last year and Merck hasn't had a particularly good year but this partnership with AstraZeneca it just seems really sensible because the current like new drugs are all so expensive they're so much more expensive to develop than they used to be so sharing out that cost a little bit and also then sharing the rewards when they come it seems like a really sensible move does it leave you mentioned that Astra is going to get some shares in Circassia yes. as a consequence so of this it, yeah, does that leave some kind of overhang you know as, as Astra wants to turn that holding into cash to, to prob up the dividend. Mm. Are we worried about that sort of yeah, un- unintended no, no, consequence yeah, of these kind of deals? I didn't actually know if there were any if there was any kind of lock, lock in. Yeah. 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 Um, but in general AstraZeneca hasn't been taking shares, it's been taking the cash. But when I, when you speak to the CEO of Sacassia, who obviously is gonna speak about it but in a positive way, he he's saying that it's because they see the future of Sacassia being pretty bright and I can see why there is that argument because they're so cheap at the moment after their disaster last year. They've, as you say, they've twenty five percent growth since October. It's more you're going to get than cash. That's value. Mm. That's value. Actually, I mean, looking at the tips page this week, Algie, it's it's, uh, it's quite nice. I know you put this together, but they're all up. That's a bit, that's a bit of a rare, uh, rare treat. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. I don't normally get um, the good news. Normally, that's taken by um, the by the, news by the news section or the um, results section. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, it's not all, it's not, it's not all good news because um, I mean, VP is having a bit of difficulty with a really great deal it did, but the share, yeah, the shares are up nicely, all the same. Oh, this is this is a regulatory issue, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, a competition that, issue. That, that, yeah, it yeah, seems up because the, the deal completed. Yeah, um, and and, now, and it's a kind of a retrospective look at this. So, so, so I think we just have to wait and see, you know, what's going on. The shares didn't react too, um, you know, too violently to the announcement. Um, mm, well, the, the CMA does not exactly have the most glowing reputation in terms of the way it kind of picks and chooses its fights. No, no, it doesn't. And it and does that, seem and, like a bit of a weird one. Yeah, I mean, also VP, they're a very kind of they've got a reputation as a very conservative team they're you know they're very prudent so um you kind of think they if if anyone's going to have done their homework you think they they probably will have and they'll have you know crossed all the t's and dotted the i's and what whatever but anyway we'll have to wait and see but it's i mean the acquisition itself was really interesting at the time they did it so yeah, um, yeah, hope, hope, yeah hope, well, it's a scale hope, business, surely. I mean, yeah, and they're, I mean, they're, 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 they're uh, really they're really good operators, VP. They, um, you know, they and um, so hope, hopefully they'll be able to do something um, decent with the 
um, you know, with that expanded equipment hire business that they've got now, mm. if ever if you know the regulator doesn't throw a spanner in the works and so mm. mm, indeed. Well, yeah, I doubt we'll they see. will. I mean, they let, they let Tesco book it through. Surely they let anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, right. Let's let's talk about the cover feature, Megan. We, we've kind of alluded yeah. to, to the to the core themes of your feature, but mm-hmm. I guess I guess you can sum it up as markets have had a good run. Mm. Some shares, it's not not necessarily the UK, uh, which is still suffering from the kind of the negative perceptions sentiment related to Brexit. The UK doesn't look expensive. Uh, I think that's that's a given. Uh, but there have been some shares which have done extremely well. Mm-hmm. The US market is looking expensive. If there is some fallout, if there is a sell-off, it's going to come. It's going to start most probably in the US. Mm-hmm. And there will be fallout from that, particularly among higher-rated shares in the UK. Yeah, that is the general gist of the feature. So what you have tried to do is look at, and you've used some of that, Algie Hall's. I have. Famous stock screening techniques. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was tell very us, helpful, actually. Tell us what you screen for. Momentum and where like how how much share so the where we started was how much share price has grown in the last year and in the last five years and the companies that have seen share price rises of over 50 percent we've took those out and said these are the ones that you've made a lot of money on and there are a lot of companies it's like i think it's 114 in like the last year so a lot of people could have done very well mm-hmm. um so then we looked at whether or not there are actually financial metrics that back up that share price growth. So that's the earnings. Um, they're making cash like regularly. So we looked at an average three-year cash conversion. Then they're not too expensive. So a price-to-earnings ratio of less than 20 times. And the share price is justified by the earnings growth. So for that, we use the peg ratio. And then we took the... And that's what you call your low-risk momentum screen. Yeah, exactly. So they're the companies that we've said they've done very well, but there's nothing really in the financial metrics to say that they aren't in the long term going to keep doing well. So we've taken the top 10, which tick most of the boxes, and three of them ticked all of the boxes. Um, that was Games Workshop, Tapsica, and, and Vitek. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we looked at what we've called high-risk momentum, and they're the ones that are sort of on the opposite side of the spectrum. So they've got weak revenue growth, and I means one of them's got no revenue at all. High capex requirements, which means they're loss-making. Poor cash conversion, so um, actually most of them are not even making any cash. And they're really expensive. And some of them, the valuations, you just can't even do a valuation metric on them. And they're the ones that we're saying that actually they've done very well, but there's nothing really to support that growth. So if there is going to be a correction, they're going to be the ones that hit for the hardest and also probably for the longest amount of time. I hope that's not entirely true because I've just noticed one of them on the list is in our tip section this week. <laughs> <laughs> that is unfortunate. I, I, won't, I won't reveal the name. You can read the magazine. You know, we, we, are, we are a market here at the IC. We, 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 uh, we, we like to have a diversity of opinion. Actually, I read that tip uh, and I think there is something to back it up in terms of what you can expect. It's why the past yeah. numbers don't necessarily tell you what's going to happen in the future. No, no. All absolutely. the time. And there are certain things going on in this country. And if you were to ignore the fact that the markets may or may not correct next year, there's a lot to say that these companies will keep growing because most of them are the sort of blue sky tech stocks, which if what we're saying, if the if um, trends continue the way they're going, they're going to do very, very well. Yeah. So so some examples that I've I, I remember reading about in the magazine recently are things like Sophos, for example. Yeah. Interesting company. Yeah, really interesting. And like that's one that, yeah, it, it's done so well this year because there have been like hacks are so high profile, but it's not making any earnings. But um, so then it's sentiment that's driving that. But yeah, they've been around exactly. for a long time, Sophos. Yeah, they have. They're, and they're a massive company. 
But yeah, they're still still not making any money because they're investing so much in their antivirus pa- platforms. So, but they try, so presumably they're just trying to dominate the market. Yeah, they are. But it's still it's a really competitive market. They dominate it in the UK in terms of like what the listed companies are. But it's a it's a global industry. They've still got quite a lot of competitors. Purple bricks, I know it's on there. Yeah. This is a, that is a, that is a marmite stock if ever oh, there was yeah. one. Yeah, there's this very, very contentious. Like, actually, the two people I sit in between. So Ian's on one side of the spectrum with Purple Bricks and Jonas is on the other. And they have heated discussions about... Well, it must be which, fun to be in the middle of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which side of Purple Bricks do you want to be on? Jonas has it on a buy tip as well. It's another one that he what thinks... He, what he has since is, the beginning. And I, and, I, and I remember him being being criticised for that yeah, uh, yeah. On, on our comment section. But it's done very well. It's done so well. Even, like, even our, he tipped it after it had already done very well and now it's done phenomenally well since then mm. housing market though mm. estate agency but having said that Angie, it reminds me somewhat of right move maybe yeah, yeah. to a point which we've we called wrong forever yeah no you, i i'm I, 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 I gonna rephrase wrong. that but well, you called wrong I, forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I mean, also my my mistake with right move when i was um, writing it was that i thought it's its market was penetrable by um google i think by, about, well they're you? different companies with different business models and actually what i've learned we're gonna learn yeah a company that owns that much of the market there's no there's no there's you know it's a, it is a moat they call it in investment parlance so people can't get in because it has so many of the eyeballs that the advertisers are forced to go there well, that's what Right Move has kind of you know shown up till now. It just hasn't given away any share, so so it is in this commanding position, which means it can earn these amazing returns on the tiny bit of capital it has to put into its business. So, I mean, it is an incredible business. Purple bricks, not quite the same, but yeah, well, pur- yeah, purple bricks. I, I guess you have to ask, you know, does it have a kind of real moat? Does it have a way of um, commanding the market in the same way? Because it's it's listings again. But it's also go, you know, all the way through to sales. I don't think it does have the same sort of moat as a right move. It's, it's, it's harder to understand, isn't it? But I mean, I, you know, I, time time will tell. I guess is is it develops as a business. Mm, but it indeed. definitely can undercut the um, the players who are in the market who are having to actually go out there and show people around properties. But they could also come way. back with similar models of their own. Yeah, it's a model that it's could a price, be, it's a yeah. price, it's a pricing model basically. Yeah, and, it's a, and yeah. there's nothing to stop bastards and thieves doing the same thing. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, it, you know, is, does it have something special? Does the fact that it is now a recognised brand? Yeah, it's the brand is mean it, that than... you actually can't get in there if you're new to the game. Not sure about that. Right move, yes. Purple bricks. I think the jury's out. Maybe mm. I should sit in the middle of V and Jonas. <laughs> but that, no, actually, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Um, let's talk about the let's talk about the low risk because that's yes. what we really are interested in. Companies that if there's a correction, they might they might hit a little bit, mm-hmm. but the, the, but they're likely to bounce back because mm-hmm. there's something there. Let's yeah, talk, let's talk about Games Workshop. Yeah, so because, Games you know, being a really ge- being a geek. <laughs> <laughs> did you like the Star Wars reference at the start of the? Uh... I really did. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it, I'm not even going to see it. Stunned silence. Stunned silence. There. <laughs> Stunned silence. Why? Because I went to see the last two. And just found myself almost falling asleep. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Shame. Mark Hamill looks a bit like Oliver Reed now as well, which is which is a bit weird. Um, mm. But no, I'm not interested. Not interested. That is that's blown my mind. Yeah, I know. That's... This time last year, I was massively excited about the yeah. next Star Wars film. Now I'm not. The one where they killed everyone. I don't even know. I can't remember. Oh. I told you I didn't. I don't think I made it to the end. Awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a bit of a letdown. That one. But the uh, other core Star Wars was great. Mm. 
Anyway, let's, anyway, let's, let's not talk about Star Wars because Star Wars is boring. <laughs> Games Workshop has had such a great year and it, it is, it, I think it's the fourth best performer this year. So yeah, there's a lot to say that that's a momentum that can't be can't be justified but actually it's not even that expensive at the moment it's got a peg ratio of 0.1 because it's growing so fast and it's forecast to keep growing at that pace um it's a funny company i mean over the over the years it's had its fair share of ups and downs i've tipped this in the past i always really liked it i always thought it had something something interesting Mm -hmm. about it it had a very niche audience it had a moat so you can't get it's not a business you're going to get into yeah, we it, also you wouldn't. It's too niched for anyone else to bother. No one's going to bother. I mean, what's what's the point in trying to get into that if you're not Games Workshop? Well, this is <laughs> this is exactly right. And uh, Philip Ryland and uh, Todd Wenning, who, who's uh, an American that writes for Sometimes, you know, they've 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 looked at this moat issue on a number of occasions. They've they've both identified a company called WD40, oh yeah, which you can buy in America, yeah, and it, and it's like it's it's big enough for it to be an amazing business. Everyone knows WD40. You can do a thousand and one things with it, probably more if you put your mind to it. There is a list on their website. They're actually. Absolutely. But it's not big enough for someone to want to go for. But also, its potential to grow is limited. So its, it's potential to create great returns on the business that it's doing is, is amazing. But the, but the potential to actually reinvest that capital is, is limited for WD40. Mm. So, it's, 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 I mean, it says it, it's fantastic business. But it, it is what it is kind of yeah. thing, which and is you could part of the same thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Games Workshop the same. Yeah, so Games Workshop does seem to have done very well from Game of Thrones and people like... I don't think they do anything Games of Thrones. Though. Is it no, just no, the general do, just vibe? The general, yeah, the people are getting back into that sort of quirky... Dragons. Yeah, exactly. That that sort of thing. So they, I, I think they're probably pretty reliant on external market trends. The, the market I, I think that's true. If I remember rightly, when I was covering, you've covered them as well, haven't you? Yeah, no, I, I, I read about the them through a stock screen, I think, recently. No, and we didn't, but years before that. We, we both, oh, we yeah, both yeah, used no, to no. Sw- swap coverage of that. When I we mean, were, they're, uh, they're very interesting. Also, they de- they really don't care about the stock market very much, or they give the impression, management give the impression they don't really care what, no, they what don't the stock care market at all. thinks, what, where their share price is. They, they, like, they like their business and it, they get on with it, which is, which is great. But nice, it, yeah. If you remember, they withdrew, essentially withdrew from the city, so we're not going to talk to anyone anymore. We're just going to run the business, put out an annual statement, and yeah, they're they're kind of listed private company, yeah, exactly. But but also this year they have had also they've had a relaunch of one of one of their games, which has gone down particularly well as well. So this is is kind of an exceptional year this year, and then it normalises a bit next year as far as the brokers end, and then it then it kind of grows from a more normal level. So, um, but I mean, they, they, so a lot has been going right this year, and, and everything's going right for Games yeah. Workshop this year, which is rare. Normally, be a bit more of a mixed bag, but it seems like every, everything's going well at the moment, which is um, really great. And the, and it means the shares have really picked up, and earnings are being appreciated. Six percent. Yeah, I know, it's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. The upgrades amazing. are phenomenal. Like the the earnings upgrades. Um, have been pushed through this year. Just, you know, mm. ridiculous. Well, this week was one. No, it's like another... Yeah, they keep on coming. Yeah. Oh, it's your favourite favorite sort of graph, isn't it? The old, like, yeah, your, your, your well, stare yeah. graph. If, there, if there's a trend which, um, yeah, which is actually happening and being underappreciated by um, by the market, it's, yeah, it can drive phenomenal share price movements. All right. Anyway, lots lots of uh, companies listed in this feature. Mm. So, uh, worth a read. Uh, do we think there's going to be... Do we think there's going to be a crash? I think there's going to be a correction. I think it will be like... Yeah, that wouldn't have made it such a good correction. Correction yeah. proof your portfolio. Ready for <laughs> a little uh, slight 
downturn. Sli- no, I- protect your portfolio against a slight dip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't carry the same sort of uh, headline. <laughs> but I do think that who says we don't sensationalise at the IC? <laughs> but there is de- like there are so many factors which are saying that there, a correction is overdue in terms of time. I mean. It, this has been an exceptionally long bull run. Yeah, but I like. But you, you have a great quote in here. It's like you know, trying trying to judge trying whether there's going to gonna be a, a crash. Yeah. It's like trying to you know, trying to judge a book by its length. No, by the length of words. It's length just, number of words. Yeah. Indeed. I mean, Fahad Kamal from Kleinwort Hambros. He came up with some fantastic quotes. He said, "If you had assets five years ago and you haven't made a lot of money, I don't know where you've been hiding." He's just like that's that's nailed it. That's exactly exactly true. Well, every, every, yeah, everything's gone up. In yeah. other but I mean, yeah. that, that is, that is a, I suppose, a scary thing about the market that yeah. we've had this. Well, this is why everyone's scared. I mean, in fact, it's, it's a kind of leveller to any fears about a crash. People should just read Chris Dillow's bubble piece, which That's is amazing. exceptionally it's amazing, good. It? It's just like, you know, it's um, kind of the, the we don't know where we are in reality mm. kind of piece, which, you know, which... Classic Chris Dillow. Yeah. <laughs> But he's right. He, and he's this right. Is the, this is the nature but, of markets. But, but um, we, we do, I mean, what, what we've got, we've got a situation where valuations are massively high. We've had this incredible period of um, mon- easy money. Mm. Signs that it's been being spent really inefficiently because we've got no productivity growth or wage growth. But this goes back to the Luke Johnson and, um, piece, which, which you yeah, kind exactly, of said. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, when you wash the system with them, um, <laughs> I've forgotten what, what he said, but... And but now we have the monetary policy reversal happening, and it's it's a question of where where does this take you know where does this take us? Mm. And if it does remove liquidity, then they are being companies have been lifted because there's more money in the system. Everything's yes, been yeah, and I, and, I, I, and also you I mean there's there's been a constant buyer for a key asset which everything else is priced off. And also what's interesting at the moment is we've got the flattening of the yield curve, which mm. essentially is people saying, listen. The outlook isn't that great. And um, if the outlook's not that great, then how on earth do we justify the high valuations? Because it suggests that the earnings growth won't be good enough to sustain yeah. them. Whereas yeah. in the fact that we have low interest rates, that isn't a reason to push up valuations, which people have been arguing. It's a, you know, it's a reason to be wary about where they are because there isn't going to be the growth. And, mm-hmm. you know, these, it's all academic. Who knows what's actually going to happen? But it's, it's just a very interesting time to be watching mm. the market. And, I think and a lot of people are very are very nervous for these reasons, and also all the kind of red flag things which we all see, like the Bitcoin and you yeah. know everything. Like and Bitcoin's that. just crazy. Neil Woodford, as I mentioned in my editorial, he's talking about the the, the gulf between the valuations on growth and, and value. Yeah, it's, it's as big as it's ever been. Huge, yeah, it's huge. We, I mean, we we were we were talking about the uh, the resurgence of value earlier this year, um, and it, it kind of looked like it was going to happen for a bit. Yeah, but no, it hasn't. It, really. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, that's yeah, and that's a phenomenon which is kind of tied up with interest rates and where they where they may go. And yeah, all, all those value investors, um, when um, we published that piece, they, their main gripe, if there was one, was that zombie companies were lurking everywhere. So the good value companies weren't able to thrive because, or, you know, be re-rated because they were competing against companies which should have been out of the picture ages ago. Indeed. So the returns weren't coming back. Let's, let's move, Algie, thank you, Megan, to your stock screen because yeah. I would suggest that, th- that what we're talking about here Especially the uh, sort of the fact that that value is so unloved shines through in in this this week's stock screen, which is about which sectors are likely to perform well in two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of it. I mean, th- th- this builds in momentum as well, because so, I mean, y- you should never underrate momentum. A high valuation is 
we could have, you know, we could complain about valuations for years, years gone by, but momentum can keep going. Yeah. So, so let's let's go through some of the sectors uh, that that you've picked out, and actually explain why why you yeah. think that they well, they are potentially attractive next year. Yeah. I mean, the screens picked them out. So the screen. It, 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 As I say, you. I, I mean, I do. You are the screen, Algie. Well, I'm, I have made up the screen, so you could say, yeah. It, ultimately, <laughs> it all all goes back to me. But um, I mean, it's it's you know, it's a just a kind of mechanical process, I suppose, as well. But so what, what the screen looks at is um, the way each individual company is being priced against its kind of ultimate source of earnings. So either the net asset values for kind of financials or something or sales for um, companies like retailers. And then it looks at where that valuation is in the historic range. So I've tried to get 12 years if I can, but I, I've taken a minimum of four years. So if it's cheap against its history. And then it also, it ranks all companies. And well, then, then it takes a sector view on that, ranks um, all sectors for that. And then it ranks all sectors for three-month momentum. Tell me what the Zeus ratio is, Algie. The Zeus is, I, I, I think I um, describe it best in the, in, in the, in the piece. Um, with the cynicism of an investment banker, I've managed to torturously arrange the words that describe the ratio to create the acronym Zeus. <laughs> That being... Tortured. Okay. Go on, keep going. Okay, now here comes the real torture. Well, you asked for it. The thumbscrews. Z score of value to ultimate source of earnings. Okay. <laughs> Which, um, yeah, coincidentally is um, the um, name of the daddy of Greek gods. <laughs> okay, so what, what is it telling us? What, what, should, we, what anyway, should we be looking it's, at it's, for? It's, it's ba- basically, there's a, there seems to be a kind of... Um, a domestically orienta- or, orientated companies, which are exactly, is exactly very the ones, highly, exactly the ones exactly. that Vic talks about as being exactly. unloved. The sectors that, yeah. that everyone thinks is going to get thumped by Brexit. Yeah. So yeah, pubs and restaurants is at the top, um, and and also you know the interesting thing is the you know the share price performance over the last three months hasn't been dire. So it, it suggests that maybe people have hated these companies, but maybe they don't quite hate them so much anymore. Maybe they're starting to warm to them and see that there is a value case there. So, not, so you're not necessarily suggesting people catch falling knives? To well, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's that... what the screen's trying to achieve, yeah. yeah. And then um, food retailing next. Gambling is there, which is, I mean, you know, you, there's a big regulatory issue there. Well, having said that, I suspect if you'd invested in gambling yesterday... You'd be looking well, all right today yeah. because you've had the the, the Labrooks Coral. News. I know. GBC's yeah, very. Um, our colleague Julia actually was telling me we should make that a tip of the year, which obviously we can't now, unfortunately. Oh, no. <laughs> it's going to be takeover tip of the year. She, well, no, it's done, uh, isn't it? I, well, I, mean, it's yeah, done. I know, yeah. but that would have been a great call had it happened. Well, yeah, yeah, well, knowing, knowing, knowing our it was luck, too great what, what, what would have happened was we'd have put it through as a tip of takeover tip of the year, <laughs> and then between between writing it in mid December and January, yeah. Anyway, it would have happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been. It's worse. done. It's all <laughs> done now. And then, and then, yeah, we've got lenders and transport. They're fairly um, domestically focused. Car dealers. I mean, that that's mainly because the shares are so cheaply. Priced, yeah, but for because people, some people, reason, people hate car dealers right now. Yeah, I mean, there's they. I mean, I I wrote up the car dealers as the cheapest set. I, I wrote. I did a little write-up of um, the top-ranking sector, the cheapest sector in the sector with the most momentum. And car dealers, there's just so many things that people are worried about. And a lot of it hinges on the PCP deals, as they've been called, and people are just, like, really scared. They're going to flood the market with second-hand cars, and they're going to cause real problems for the manufacturers who the car dealers, obviously, you know, 
sell sell their merchandise so that yeah, the car dealers could be um in for a really hard time well new registration has been awful and Days, new, re- yeah, awful new registration and, and and is is that the uncertainty yeah brexit uncertainty everything yes yeah, so, i mean there's there's a whole load of fears which um Retail retail's an interesting one, in which is which is definitely in the uh, firmly in the top half of the table. Yep, firmly in the top half of the it's table. Kind of in, uh, it's kind of in sort of uh, Tottenham Hotspur type position, rather than West Ham <laughs> United type position. And I mean, but we, I mean, the retailers have come back quite a, quite a bit from mid year. I think when we tip finally tip next in, in in the middle of the year, I, I, I think that we actually got that quite close to the most gloomy phase for the retailers during the year but domestically focused retail there's yeah there's there's a lot of gloom over brexit uncertainty rising costs on many fronts food retails right up the top food retails right up the top also that's got some good momentum behind it but also within all these there's um uh there are also some of you know some of the ones which um you know we know about as being good performance this year so uh technology companies up there they're They've got a quite a good position, just which is based on their momentum. They're expensive, but they've been rising strongly. And also, um, internet stocks, as I've called them rather blandly, but that would be your right move in companies like that. They're, they're quite highly rated also by this screen. House building, right down the bottom. Well, not quite, at, oh, yeah, not house, quite yeah. at the foot of the table, not, not in the relegation zone, but, yeah. but flirting with relegation here. <laughs> Let's <laughs> hope like none of these sectors are entirely relegated. No, but house, house building is house especially building. healthcare, a, which is right at the bottom. Well, yeah, healthcare is right at the bottom. Yeah, good luck, Megan. Uh, house building is one of those sectors that everyone's made a lot of money from. Yes, uh, uh, just as, as Megan talks about in the feature. But it's, and the I questions mean, have been there for a while. When is the end going yeah. to come for this yeah. this amazing run that they've had? The reason they're at the bottom is because they're expensive. But they've been expensive for several years, and they, I think they still, they have still delivered on um, in in terms of you know making people money. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm going to be a keen reader of Simon Thompson's piece on um, on the house builders trade, though. That's a technical. I'm, that's a technical trade. It is a technical anything, trade, but also, well, it, he he was saying last week, wasn't he, that um, he he's got you no, know, he he's looks at the valuation, he looks at how how they're trading. It's you know it's it's. Is it is it like Groundhog Day? Is he like you know punks a tawny Phil? Simon comes out and says, "Buy the house builders at the beginning of the year." <laughs> Simon says, "No." <laughs> Going to have eight more weeks of winter. Uh, anyway, it's a great it's a great piece just to get, to get a nice framework for 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 where the sexes are. Uh, respectively. Yeah, hopefully. I think it's really interesting. It, I mean, it, it kind of confirms it, some things. It, that... Yeah, it's, it's food for thought. I mean, it's one it's one way of looking at um, you know, at, at the market. So, I mean, I'm you know, it's, I'm, I wouldn't make any grandiose claims for it, but it does just concentrate on those two kind of stalwarts of investment, um, value and momentum, and just let's see how these um, these you know, these sets faring against that. And it did take me absolutely ages to do. Yes. The spreadsheet alone that powers this takes 15 minutes to open up on my computer. I think you need a new computer. <laughs> I think I if do. you're listening, IT, Algie needs a new computer. <laughs> That's all I want for Christmas. <laughs> I'll buy you one myself, Algie. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think I think we ought to uh, call it a day there. I mean, there's so much in the magazine, lots of results. Mm. Uh, I know you've written a few. Megan, a particularly busy week for you again. Yes, DMGT. Ooh, shocker. Oh. Yeah, very interesting. But uh, let's not bad let's, week. Let's not go there. Media is uh, a bit too close to home. <laughs> really. 
Impacts we like, actually. I've noticed that. Algae, that's one we've looked at before. I know you've written up in the yeah. stock screen. It, it, amazing asset growth. Yeah, amazing asset growth, which sort of chimes with what we wrote in last week's feature uh, by Tom Dines, that there is a growing recognition that investors need to take, mm-hmm. pay attention to uh, to environmental aspects when investing. And, and certainly, if nothing else, hedging their portfolio against the risks uh, that, that environmental uh, concerns bring. We have, uh, actually following on from Megan's feature, Another feature by our friend Neil Wilson, looking at a couple of bombed out companies that, that he thinks might recover this year. Kind of ch- chiming back to the, the the whole value thing that we've been talking about. John Barron is in this week's magazine. Uh, a few strategy ideas for the uh, to round the year off on uh, for the investment trust investors out there. Lots of the personal finance and funds section, which they will talk about tomorrow. Uh, all the usual comments, lots more in the news section. And uh, thank you, Megan. Thank you, LG. And thank you all for listening. Uh, crash-proof your portfolio. £4.19, all good news agents, or get online and subscribe. We'll be back again next week for our last podcast of the year. Speak soon.